This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric O'Branson, and with me as always, my good friend and co-host, Ryan Stiskel. How's it going tonight, Ryan? You know. <laughs> I, wanna, I do know. I want to end it on, on good notes, but it's like, you know, things change, pain, new pains, don't know if yeah. it's old age, don't know if it's like long COVID or post-COVID yeah. things. It's just like... what New ailments, new... Yeah, the yeah. world constantly is in yeah. flames literally and figuratively so it's just that's like, why i figure it's always going pretty good you know when you like take a look around and like yeah well my life's pretty decent like if i could stay just in this little bubble i'm okay if like, i could just that's... stay at home this is yeah. fine this isn't perfect yeah but this is fine <laughs> we all try we all tried that for staying at home for a year or so and it uh wore out its welcome as well but I need a few. I need a few like extra things in my life, like you know, getting to travel every once in a while, going to concerts again, stuff like that. But, well, I've definitely learned yeah. because like I, 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 it's been official uh, as of yesterday uh, that I I quit my really crappy job from three years ago, and I tried in that meantime to do so many other things and you know make my own creative adventure uh, as an artist at various degrees mm-hmm. of success. Uh, <laughs> um, but I have learned in the three years that I have been a homebody that, oh, I'll be fine in, like, a post-apocalyptic fallout shelter. If, like, I just had to live in an isolated space, I found out that, I, oh, I, I can do great. It doesn't bother me yeah. as much. I <laughs> enjoy it. actually is pretty good to be pretty comfortable for me. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but... Um, like, I enjoy the outside and shit. It's just, like, that's... It's not... It has nothing to do with the uh, outside. It's It's other it's society it's people like because this weekend <laughs> other I'm... humans pretty much no <laughs> right and this weekend i went to chicago with my partner and it's just like this sucks uh and like people are like but you live in Milwaukee. i'm like yeah but i don't live in the city uh and i actively avoid it um and you're like but why'd you move to milwaukee well i because i thought i could <laughs> and i found out uh after witnessing some horrific events like no i'm good i'm i can keep a distance however and i will always say this cities have the greatest cultural diversity when it comes to food and truthfully that's what gets me out of my hidey hole (laughs) so (laughs) yeah um, food is always the great unifier in a manner (laughs) yes and i stand by that we all just need to eat together just at a distance and yeah not with family (laughs) yeah i I miss Chicago from time to time, like, you know, yeah. living in, like, suburb. I'm still the the Chicago area, although saying that is a bit of a stretch. I'm pretty far northwest of the city, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Living there for years was a, a good time. I know that, you know, I was telling you before we went on, but for 
the sake of the conversation, uh, we're going to Chicago. We're taking the kids and everything to uh, Chicago uh, in a couple weeks for a little, like, I guess technically it's a staycation. We're not that far, going yeah. that far. but um, And I know I'm going to get, just in the, the three years I've been uh, here where I live now, I'm going to totally be suburbaned out, like, <laughs> you know, and uh, get annoyed with things that I used to take for granted or be able to deal with on a daily basis but but yeah no i do miss it it's and and, and probably 80 percent of it's the food that I'll, that's kind of where i was going oh with that, yeah. But, yeah that's the thing like when we went down there uh we went to oh uh, i want to say a bosnian place okay I don't know. I don't know what it was exactly, but they had like very interesting uh, uh, like food items and stuff I was very interested in to tr- uh, interested in to trying out. But because I, I like you and Joe make it well known, well you're in Illinois and Joe is definitely hmm. primarily Illinois and just came to Wisconsin. But I was <laughs> right. born there, but lived here mainly in Wisconsin for th- over thirty years of my life. Um, so I'm primarily Wisconsinite, but th- there's the core of being, uh, what do you guys call yourselves, Illinoisans? <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know. That's um, what's funny is I don't think I've ever referred to myself as like... Because Wisconsinites is what it is Anything here. in that. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's Illinoisans, yeah. Illinoisans. Illinoisans. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone listening that knows the correct answer to that question, yeah. let me know because I need to know what to call myself. Usually I just would use the word from Illinois, but, you know. Like. But it's, um, like, it's a, it, for me, it's the food. Th- it's primarily upper Illinois. Like, it's just, it's the Chicago food staples, which is primarily the, the Chicago-style hot dog, which for them is just called the hot dog, or just hot dog. Yes. It's like, yeah. it's implied. Uh, or Italian beef, uh, and then, of course, like, deep dish, dish pizza is, like, to try it. Mm-hmm. I know there's more but those are usually it. So I'm at this oh, this, yeah. this new culturally diverse place, and I see on the menu, and uh, my partner's like, so what are you thinking of getting? I'm like, oh, man, I'm stuck between the Italian beef and the hot Chicago-style hot dog. <laughs> 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 Which are things I can get here in Milwaukee, because there's a lot of that that came back up here. and like right. that, But that speaks to my soul. Like, well, in Milwaukee, I mean, for those that don't realize me, you could just look at a map, but I don't think people realize how close those two cities actually are to one another. They're... I mean, it's without a whole lot of traffic. It's pretty much an hour drive from where I used to live in Chicago to shoot up to where you're at in Milwaukee. So it's like, about like hour, hour and a half. Yeah. It isn't really anything you really notice. Yeah, a little over an hour, yeah. I guess. But yeah. Well, if you're trying to avoid the tolls, which we were. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. But yeah, it's like uh, food, is that uh, it's the thing. It's just like yeah, I gotta eat one of these. I went for the Italian beef, by the way. Uh, mm. I, I went for something that had more carbs in it. Uh, because I wanted to yes. really survive and not spend any more money in Chicago than I had to. Um, because <laughs> it's expensive and gas is fucking horrible there. It's like, oh, look, over $6. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen an over 6 out here, but yeah, I saw, I saw pictures of over 6 in the city. So, so. Uh, we're close where I'm at. But I don't know how to segue into our movie from here. What do you got? No. Um, <laughs> they ate in the movie. I, I could Yeah. Did you eat any Chinese or Japanese food while you were in? And I, oh, yeah, I got I wish. nothing. I got no good segues, but yeah, it was on the menu. <laughs> we were interested. Um, 
but yeah no yeah. uh what was what's today's movie uh today's movie we're going to uh continue of course our what were we calling it fistapalooza or <laughs> fist fest 2022 um Fistfestapalooza. The... <laughs> yes fistapalooza um with the i'm sorry i lost my place we're going to continue with the 1994 Jet Li film, Fist of Legend. Some men fight for love and honor. Some men fight for country. Now, one man must choose. When a legendary teacher is murdered, his best student must risk everything to protect the woman he loves and to avenge his master's death. <laughs> International superstar Jet Li has the power in his hands to settle the score. Fist of Legend. Uh, let me grab a quick synopsis for this one. I'm sorry, I need to... Take your time, my friend. Let me grab a quick synopsis for this one. Uh, Fist of Legend is a 1994 Hong Kong martial arts film directed by Gordon Chen, featuring action choreography by Yun Wu Ping and produced by Jet Li, who also starred in the lead role. The film was released on... This is not even a synopsis. Uh, December 22nd, <laughs> 1994. He got some, uh, some uh, information about it there. Google usually gives me these really good, like, concise synopsis in its place where it always is when you Google a movie is that information about the movie so um we're gonna have to go with what what we have on the back why, why i'm even bothering i have the dvd box sitting right here so we're God, gonna go I with that it's better here's an actual synopsis so these are hit or, these are real hit and miss i don't always use them anymore but why widely regarded as the greatest film of the two legendary of two legendary careers start that over Widely regarded as the greatest film of two legendary careers, Fist of Legend teamed superstar Jet Li with martial arts choreographer Yen Ping for some of the best fight sequences you will ever see. And this tribute to Bruce Lee's classic The Chinese Connection, also known as Fist of Fury, Lee radiates sheer power and coolness as a kung fu phenom living ab abroad who returns home to avenge the death of his master and save his martial arts school. Shifting efforts... Effort Shifting effortless, I can't talk again. We're just gonna go Shifting... for all the mistakes in this episode. <laughs> Give me a chance. I'll, I'll... I'll, I'll be able to edit some of them. Uh, <laughs> Shifting effortlessly. I'm just going with that one. That's as good as we get. <laughs> Among diverse fighting styles, Lee even fights blindfolded and wields his belt as a deadly weapon. Fist of Legend is essential viewing for any Jet Li fan and the promised land for kung fu cinema. I'd say that that Someday. synapsis actually holds up pretty well. Um, uh, Again, it wasn't really a synopsis. It was more like, hey, Jet Li's in this movie, and it's a remake, and all this information about it, but didn't really tell you much of what it's about. So, Well, the Wikipedia part, like, edited down from what I can read, is the film is set in Shanghai International Settlement in 1937 at the beginning of the Second World War as the Imperial yes. Japanese Army are stationed in Shanghai, China. Um, and it's very much like, uh, what is it? Jet Li's character. Um, I can't remember any names right now, sort of life me. And I do apologize for that, but I've always been bad at names. So it, Jet Li is, is Chen Zen Chen in this Zen, movie. Zen, so. Yeah. Yep. Who yep. is like, uh, he's a student, uh, who I think he's in, 
is it Kyoto? He's in Kyoto. Kyoto, I believe. Yep. Yeah. It only they, they dropped that at the end of the movie, but yeah, the, the first right. is just abroad in Japan, but I think specifically Kyoto. Kyoto, and he finds out that his uh, first off, they introduce him in class, and then what? They had like a bunch of um, students from a, a local dojo kind of come in and start some shit, and then he just yeah. whips. They their find ass. out there's a Chinese student, and they come in and try to kind of. Yeah. hassle him or kick him out of, out, out of the school and yeah he he kicks the crap out of all of them pretty pretty effortlessly there, this... there's that word again and i just messed it up again that word's off <laughs> you the can table say the, the word effortlessly effortlessly <laughs> oh my god it's passing on to me it's okay I'm, yeah, i've always been terrible at speech so i can fully sympathize <laughs> like anyone who's this had has been a thing by... lately when like reading on the podcast like just not being able to get through a block of text anymore without a bunch I, of retakes but anyway there's been so many times this is one of the reasons i hate doing edits because if i have to hear my own voice because i can hear when i clearly just pushed through a word and i'm like yeah i'm gonna have to re-record that and kind of paste it in uh and i'm like yeah i'm getting tired of doing it someone else i def- i can't listen to myself because i'm like <gasps> bite the knuckle <laughs> um but no uh so so going back to the movie so right away like the movie did yeah. like 30 seconds in like let's kick some ass and like yeah and it's like it shows you what it's what it's about mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it, it's interesting because it's got kind of a historical setting it's interesting for a modern martial arts film um so we're talking world war ii era uh japan is occupying china as you mentioned and um jet Li's or chen zen's uh kung fu school back in um shanghai i believe is it shanghai yeah, it's in Shanghai. It's in Shanghai. Yeah. Um, his master has been, or passes away in, under mysterious circumstances. Like after and a duel, he heads I think back it was. From, yeah, after a fight. Yep. Yeah, yeah where, where it is said that he did not perform up to his normal standards. So yeah. um, there's some suspicion right off the bat. And he heads back to, uh, from Japan where he's studying to be there for you know the remembrance and um i don't think his initial instinct is to take revenge right off the bat but um it, it gets right there, so <laughs> i think it's like once he learned more about like what was going on that he decided like <clears throat> i'm gonna figure out what happened and he actually goes on and fights uh the head guy at the dojo in shanghai that uh fought and uh, allegedly killed his master um, I will say for the first fight in the classroom, um, there was one thing in particular that I thought was fascinating. Was it in the classroom or was it in this dojo? And that's where I kind of have to bring this up. I don't know if it was in this fight or that fight. Because he also goes in that dojo and kicks some people's ass, if I remember correctly, before he actually went for the master. Uh, yes, yes, he does. Uh, yeah. There is fully one scene in particular, and I think it is in this second dojo fight. Uh, where he grabs a man by the crotch midair and just flips mm-hmm. him. Um, yep. And it's like, motherfucker, holy shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, just like grabs and kind of throws him backwards by the by the crotch. Got him by the balls. So Yeah. So yeah. when someone says the worst thing that you could ever see is, uh, for a man anyways, is to watch another man get hit in the nuts. I'm like, nope. <laughs> it's watching him get grabbed in the nuts midair and then <laughs> and thrown like, yep yep because there's a whole center of gravity being focused on a fixated point and ow 
<laughs> um, yeah. But holy shit, the fights are that the fights are fantastic, yeah. and you get a lot of them. I feel like this movie, minute for minute, has more action or fight scenes than I don't know. It runs about an hour and forty two minutes, I think. Yeah. And at least in the in the English language version that that we saw, and I feel like a solid forty minutes of that is almost you know you know, action and fight scenes probably throughout the whole movie, which is probably pretty high in comparison with yeah. almost anything out there. And they're, and they're, um, they're very good and not just the choreography, but also the cinematography, like how they're shot, mm-hmm. like adds to that, uh, like literal momentum of each hit and like how the camera shifts, uh, focuses and so forth. Like, yep. This is, by the way, we didn't go into this. This is the first viewing for me. I've never seen this movie before. Oh, yes. Yeah, same for me. Uh, it was actually it uh, paired with the last movie, just kind of based on <laughs> we were watching a martial arts movie, and then this one kind of came up. Um, uh, there's a there's a pairing tool that Joe like cued me onto, like to find movies that are good matches and. Um, he's been using it behind our backs this, for a while, helping <laughs> us pair movies. But just making just it outed him on the just podcast. making it that seem was, like he, he's but, coming up with them uh, out of the back. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think it came up as an option on that, and I thought, oh, we're watching Man with the Iron Fist. What's a Fist of Legend? It makes it's a good match. So, um, uh, and so, and I've read also that it's supposedly one of Jet Li's best films. So, and I can yeah, see that the one that kind of put him on the map. Um, uh, at least it's an American. He be you know would go on to become an American film star shortly after this. But what I thought was actually quite surprised. Not I. I don't want to say I thought this was so surprising, but I mean I more so I wasn't expecting. Just I think this is like one of the most serious movies that I think I reviewed on the podcast with you guys. Like I don't know if this is the one yeah. ever, but the story itself, like outside of just the action, like it's actually dealing with some pretty uh interesting conflicts of just primarily like you know you're in your home like uh town uh like city and like it's occupied by a foreign nation like and this is like mm-hmm. a bit of history like you know for for anyone uh in japan and china of course and and other parts of asia um is like this is this is this was a thing like japan was doing some shit and like not just china but that was like a thing that's part of their history that we don't know much as Westerners. Um, right. But you can, you know, you, the closest parallels like you could really see is just like what you kind of get in like when you see Nazi Germany and, and foreign lands, like the idea of like a military force that really kind of causes tensions um, and conflicts uh, not just because of like their military presence, but also like within a community, uh, because uh, they more so focused with uh, Chen's fucking love interest, who is a student from Japan, and that causes a whole yep. thing as well, like issue with his uh, yeah um, school. What are they? There's a word for the. I the was gonna say dojo, but that's it's not dojo because that's yeah. the karate, yeah, yeah the, no, the Japanese version. But uh, it's um, Jin. Is it Jin Wu School? Is what they I think they call it. It, it was called a yeah, school. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, but his martial arts yeah. school essentially. Um, yeah. No, the story's the story's interesting. Um, 
I it has been a long time. Uh, I have seen Fist of Fury or Chinese Connection, whatever version of the Bruce Lee original film. Um, from what my memory tells me, is the basis of this about a master being killed and the kind of un, unwrapping the mystery of what had happened to the master and taking kind of taking revenge against the other rival school all of that comes right out of fist of fury the so the general basics of, but i don't remember there being such a um emphasis on the like historical period or even if it is set in the exact historical period i'll have to go back and revisit that one and i'm sure anybody who's a bruce lee aficionado would be able to fill me in but um all right but yeah i don't remember it having that kind of like depth of historical um kind of setting to it and yeah, it, it, it does have a lot to say about, you know, the way that the Japanese are treated during this period of time in China and vice versa, because you right. see the, in the beginning. So kind of the turmoil between the, the Japanese and Chinese people. Um, so that gives it a nice, like solid backbone. And I, I like that you mentioned that, that it's a very serious film because I do, I also feel like this film does not have a whole lot of anything, uh, funny about it or anything that's played for laughs or anything that's you know humorous um and that's not necessarily to to its detriment it it, it works as it, it as it is it's just a very serious minded movie and uh has a story to tell and takes what it's doing fairly seriously it seems like yeah. um because there is some light-hearted moments like i mean i did mention that yeah. a guy did get grabbed in the groin and flipped uh yes, but they didn't yes, focus yes. on that for too long they kept going on with it, but um, there is one character who's actually, I believe, um, it's the the uncle actually uh, of the Japanese love interest. Her. Oh yeah. Um, he's a very interesting the, character. Um, he's the master of the karate school that they're, you know, the kung, the kung fu <laughs> Chinese style martial arts and the karate guys, the Japanese martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, going head to head here in the uh, when they're but yeah he he's the leader of Nan Jansung, I think his name is. Is that Nan his name Jansung? is um I'm gonna pronounce things terribly just again. But... Uncle Nong Jin Sun yeah. Jinsun, yep. Played by Paul Chun. Yep. Uh yeah, Chug Pong Chun. Uh anyways. Yeah, no Chun Chun, I think it is. Uh but anyways he 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 is probably the closest that you get i think to um a light-hearted character in this movie and a well done one yeah. i really enjoyed actually their fight scene yeah together. and i thought I, I i expected a lot i expected something different from that whole uh confrontation and their fight scene um than what we got and we also we actually ended up getting a very uh <laughs> my brain's just on star wars i guess but a, a very like yoda-esque character out of this guy all of a sudden or a, a you know a wise leader, um, yeah like a, a wise. wise old man but also you know still totally on top of his game because chen Zun certainly does not like run over him in any way like he's uh essentially defeated at the end of it and he you know kind of asked him well why why was i able to defeat you and kind of gives him this this tip that then allows him to go on when he faces off against the the japanese general who's kind of taken over the um 
<laughs> I don't remember the names of the two different schools. I know you, you said the name of the Kung Fu oh, school, uh, but... Let me see. Um, I just saw it here for a second. Um, uh, Jin, Wu, Jin Wu School, and then... Is ooh. it... <laughs> no. Is it two pedestrian? Yeah, Jen Wu. I remember. Is it two pedestrian to call them the karate guys and the kung fu guys? Because that's what I'm pretty much gonna go with at this point. Possibly. Like, I, a... I would just say school and dojo for my safety. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, um but yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, he, he is. He was an interesting character, and he only what gets about ten minutes of screen time or so, and about... he's. Yeah. But he's definitely because yeah. um, he's they show his interactions with Chen, uh, and like you know giving him the words of wisdom. Like he he beats him in this blinded challenge, which was again like the way that they were fighting. Like both of them at time, like what was it the wind was picking up, and so he's getting like dirt dust in his eyes. Like are you having a hard time seeing? He's like yeah, well let's make it fair. So they do this blindfold thing, but then both of them were kind of doing these little like dare I say, like, mischievous kind of deception things, but they keep counteracting. It was, it was very fascinating to watch. Um, as, as the fight progresses, it's almost like they figure out they that they have that, like, mutual respect for one another uh, yeah. more, more and more, and it becomes a little more playful and um, less of a, you know, certainly not a death match by the time they, <laughs> they get into right. it. Right. But... Like, the goal was definitely to teach uh, Chen something and important which was uh the way to survive is to be willing to adapt to change to mm. like and like yep that's a very fucking important lesson <laughs> like to be fluid and uh adaptable um and then he carries on yeah. but they also show him interacting with the ambassador for japan uh who is working alongside the essentially the darth vader like fucking force uh in this movie yes um it's general fujita uh, fujita yeah general fujita who is holy shit we'll get to him in a second but like you know um good old uncle there is like pointing out like hey you know like, we gotta really kind of question, like, what's with this occupation? Because you get certain people, I think the, the analogy he uses is, like, you get some certain people as, like, an insect trying to take on an elephant, but there's some insects, you know, that are venomous, and they'll go straight for the heart and, you know, kill a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what it is is, like, both of these characters, like, the, the, the ambassador uh, and the uncle are, like, they're very much seeing the, the militarization of their own nation. And they don't like it. And they're trying yeah. to like de-escalate that. Which, again, this movie has some layers, which is pretty cool. Um, and yes. that plays a role later. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's interesting. Well, it's good that you brought up the, the character of the uncle. Um, but I think it brings up something else I found interesting about this movie. And that I feel like, unlike the Bruce Lee version of this film and in Bruce Lee movies in general, the entire focus of this movie is not necessarily just to build and uh, showcase Jet Li as its star. Uh, and you know how, how impressive Jet Li, because Bruce Lee, obviously we, we've all seen, you know, some Bruce Lee movies. Well, we, we did enter the dragon on the podcast and he, he's very impressive, but most of his films are built around showcasing him and, you know, making you, notice how impressive he is i don't feel like this does that as much for jet lee although he's very very uh 
impressive as a martial artist in this film. Yeah. There are many impressive martial artists included, like, layers deep, like, all the way into the background. Um, and this could be, you know, to the credit of the uh, choreographer, Yenmu Peng, who uh, we'll talk about in a minute, but goes on to have a career in Hollywood um, due to this film. Um, but, yeah, like, everybody's, like, really... Um, great in this movie like uh, all of the martial arts work there's not really a whole lot of like uh, i don't know i guess what i'm trying to say is you'll you'll get like the featured you get your your star performers out there doing their thing and everyone else in the background just kind of like throwing little karate chops around and not really doing like this this is like everything's working and these uh just massively really well put together um fight scenes so it's like uh, watching a like cast of good it's like watching clockwork machinery in motion. Like every, mm-hmm. you see just a field of cogs, but all of them fit in the motion of the to make the entire piece work very well. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And like, I feel like if you're, you're somebody who watches this over and over again, like if you're like, well, I'm not going to pay attention to the main fight fighters. I'm going to see what's going on in the background as well. It's just mm. like then you probably get something out of this. Um, but yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, and even like the the um, uh, supporting cast members as uh, what is it? Uh, Ting N is the other the the guy who's leading the, the oh yeah his um, kung fu school. Um, um, the son of the master who passed away recently, so he yep, inherited yep. it. And I I I guess the way it's kind of set up is they're kind of like brothers in a way in terms of like. They grew up together is the feeling i got they're really close yeah friends, with chen, chen and ting yeah, yeah. um enough to they, like uh, he gave him like the the the, the morning shawl to wear when he came and so it's like that's for family well yeah. practically his family right away setting up like there was going to be some yeah tension. and then when uh chen um they have they have a showdown ting challenges chen or allows Chen to challenge for to take over the school. Yeah. And um, when he is when Chen defeats Ting, Chen does not take that from him. But then Ting is shamed, and he has his whole like kind of he re- retreats and uh, goes and drinks and whores himself into <laughs> whatever. Well, he has like some complicated um, like yeah, because he he has a certain what is it when Chen started showing. The rest of the students like what he learned abroad which was from mm-hmm. japan and he's bringing it to the dojo right. and again adding to this whole like because like when you have an oppressor like you were so against the oppressor you yourself become um you know uh pretty rigid uh and and uh towards anything that even resembles which is a theme throughout this right and then it's like it created this resentment uh, which led to the challenge, but yeah, even even uh, even ten ten and or what is it? Ten, ting. Ting, yeah, ting and ting and he he definitely yeah. had a like because he had a like kind of, like it seemed like he had like kind of I don't want to say scandalous, but he did have like a love interest who worked at the brothel, and I guess mm-hmm. there's like in we didn't get it in our version, but he, there's actually scenes where I guess he's doing opium in some situations oh, right. okay um, yeah you could tell like the scene they gave us in this version um he is certainly like out of it 
with something. I guess I just assumed it was. He's very drink, sweaty. But like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and I imagine that this wasn't just like, oh, he he left the dojo, went and started drinking, and hooked up with this this, um, you know, sex worker at the brothel. Uh, I think this is a relationship that was established prior. In fact, there are some lines of dialogue that lead you to believe that this is a relationship that he he had. Um, yeah, because she comes into but, the dojo at some point, and they they use that right. as an interesting comparison to like, yeah, I can bring a prostitute in here, and there'll be way more accepting than uh, than a woman from Japan than yeah, yeah the Japanese, yeah, Chen's yeah. love interest, so which they uh, show. But yeah, I mean, it's um, it doesn't. I wouldn't say it's like the deepest movie when it comes to like that kind of theme, but I mean, it's definitely strongly there um in yeah. the story it's it's more like a an atmospheric element that's like it's 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 integral but um not the main yeah, focal it, point it doesn't cut real deep into anything like it i don't want to say it doesn't take it seriously because it does it, it, it does, does yeah. um and but yeah it's not like it's not like you're not gonna get moments throat. of like yeah, you're not gonna get moments of like high drama with like lots of pathos necessarily, but 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 it's there, and it, they're they are trying to make a point, and 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 more than that, I think they're trying to kind of set this in an in an era that um, I assume it's something that you know kids learn about. Well, I don't know, you never know in China what people learn about in history books, but uh, at <laughs> least Japanese wise, I, I suppose. Uh, it's something that they may be familiar with, but from a West, like you said earlier, from a Western standpoint, it's pretty much all, all news to me. Like this is not something historically that I'm familiar with besides having a loose idea that, you know, Japan obviously occupied areas of China and the, the surrounding part of Asia during the war. But, yeah. Like leading up to world war, uh, lead up to the second world war, I believe it was right. Historically. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, um, yeah. when, you know, Japan was an empire, like like a really prominent empire um which kind of leads to like the main baddie here who Mm -hmm. i wouldn't he doesn't have any more depth like i would say with all the other characters you do get some level um i mean i would say like chen is very like jet lee's character is very much um a straightforward protagonist like good morals like flexible like he's not primarily one way or another he does like care very much for like his home and the people within it but at the yeah, same the degree school and his people and yeah, yeah right but to the same degree like because um his love interest when she came in like he was on trial for murder and clearly getting framed like hardcore but she came in and and lied to the court saying like no he wasn't there that night which he wasn't but she goes wasn't there because he was with me and we were up all night so she was actually sacrificing a lot in terms like even like saying like yeah we had you know sex not only was she japanese but she was yeah like it's like i'm japanese and we had sex all night like me with a chinese man and like it's one of those like i would (laughs) I didn't need to say phrase Chinese man, but yeah, a Chinese, uh, uh, uh and, and, but, and it's one of those things where it's just like, she gave up her whole entire rep- reputation, uh, to save his life. 
And so he, you can see, they don't say it, but you see it in his conflict with his uh, school over her presence. Like, I don't want to abandon my school, but I'm not going to betray a person who sacrificed everything for me, who loves me and I love in return. Like, I'm not that kind of person. Great. Um, but then, like, with the bad guy, though, the bad guy was a straight-up bad guy, which I think was yep. fine, honestly. Like, yeah, I think that actually worked well for his character, so. Yeah, I think with um, how much you got going on, you need just a straight-up juggernaut. That's essentially what he is. Yeah. He was just, <laughs> yeah, a force to be reckoned with. Like, he yeah. was um, immovable in both the physical way and in his his you know what he was in the story what he represented in the story so yeah because the military like you know immovable force he was the because if i understand it correctly with the plot like the school itself there in shanghai like it was a pretty prominent school and like part of his method of like breaking down the people in this area was to go after this this school so he poisoned like you find out like he mm. was part of the plan that poisoned the leader, right? And Yeah. Then, you know, set up the whole thing. Even fuck oh well, my he, god, dude, when he Yeah, he had he had this dude have the cook do the it was kinda convoluted, yeah. but like yeah, it came from him. It was his orders that got the, the and, master poisoned, so And when the dojo leader who who fought the uh the the master of the school, uh found out like so he was poisoned? He was quite angry and confronts that general. Dude, the general just fucking wrecks him. Like, mm. full-on Bane Batman style. Like, yep. picks him up <laughs> and breaks his back dead. And, like... And I like that's a, that's a great little um, foreshadow moment for later, too, because you get this... Uh, All right, right. You know, ha- have him do that, like, and just... just uh, handicapped a man. Like, just, just destroyed a person, essentially. Like, literally. With the move. Yeah, and uh, he's gonna try, you know, in the last scene again, in the final showdown, try to use that on Chen, and uh, Chen yeah, just does not have the same luck. But <laughs> I think he like Chen like slaps him and also does like a flip at the same time. It was very fascinating. Yeah, he like flips out of it and like slaps it. The choreography of this thing's insane. Like it it's is. just yeah, um, it's and so much of it feels like at least from my eyeballs it. it there's definitely some wire work in here, but a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's not wires as well. That is just like, you know, gymnastics, athleticism, <laughs> like you know, they're yeah. actually just doing some of this stuff. So like you get it's, winded uh, watching. It's like oh yeah, I can't do that. It's I, I can't even defeat the stairs. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to I actually talk a little bit more about the fight scenes and the way that they're um, choreographed by uh, Yin Wu Ping. Who we all probably recognize the name, if you recognize the name, is because he came to fame for being hired in the uh, Wachowskis movie, The Matrix, of course. Okay. And yeah. the Matrix, uh, uh, fight the fight styling that they used in The Matrix supposedly was based on what um, the Wachowskis saw uh, this film supposedly and wanted. They're like, that's it. That's what the way we want this to look. You know, we're looking for this. Um, and, and when you go back and now now that you've seen this, if you go back and watch The Matrix, I, I, I think, and I'm doing this from memory, but it, it very much does have this type of feel to it. So Yeah. Uh, however, the people with The Matrix are Hollywood actors and not martial artists, so I feel like you get a little more um, of a, you know, raw, prime example of what can be accomplished with in, in this film. 
Um, I, I would say, like, in The Matrix, there's definitely in those films, they rely more so on the camera heavily even more yes so. that too like like yeah. in this the camp like i said the cinematography matches very well with the choreography choreography to really enhance those it movements. does yeah um but yeah i would definitely say in the matrix you can see where yeah. they're making up that deficit they do some they do some cool things in this movie that um going throughout fight scenes of changing the pace of things. So they'll go all the way from over cranking, uh, you know, changing the film speed a little bit so that things look ultra fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the opposite of slowing things down. So certain moves slow things down. So they'll give this nice, like, I don't know, something I've almost not seen pulled off outside of animation where reality kind of suspends. It either gets faster um, to, or, you know, slows down as needed for kind of the pace of the fight scene. The like fight scenes are so emphasis. well kind yeah. of paced. Yeah. Yep. And, um, yeah. And then just on top of that, the choreography itself is fantastic. It's just, um, I think for the most part, every fight scene you get in this movie, and there's a lot of them, you are watching, you know, two top four martial artists kind of, uh, square off with one another. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's impressive. So, yeah, I think like the like all with him the fight scenes are are great, but I think the best two the best fight scenes are the two um the one where he goes up against uh Uncle Nam and then the final one where he's going up against the general and it's yeah. just like cuz he's really yeah, it's it's when he's getting challenged. I realize I'm choosing the two where he gets challenged the most. Uh mm-hmm. and I think like that's I mean, it's intention. I think it's intentionally supposed to be the best fights for that reason, right? But just that right. whole like he's getting picked, he's getting picked up and just slammed through shit, and like watching like he's getting these hits, but also like getting a few quick ones in as well to try to survive this monster mountain of a man, <laughs> like mm-hmm. Darth Vader vibes. I I I make that comparison, but like, but yeah. I he does he has that kind of presence because yeah um every you know when chen is striking him it just doesn't doesn't, doesn't do phase shit. him doesn't move him doesn't anything and when he strikes he just like you know yes knocks him across the in... room or like yeah you know. that's the thing too like they really throw people like with hits like yeah. they go yeah across the screen across the room it's just like fuck like you feel it how it's shot and everything yeah. um yeah yeah has to throw his full body weight to knock out that motherfucker. Right. Yeah, it's uh No, I was I was incredibly impressed. It's and and like I said at the beginning, like this has got a solid um, you know, <laughs> action ratio to the rest of the movie. It's there's it's a very high one. And I find the fight scenes, although last week when we talked about with the man with uh, and the man with iron fists, um one of one of Riz's goals in that movie and, and Eli Roth's, I believe, was to make every fight scene different and to make it like you know kind of um, move the plot forward in a way. Yeah. This this movie didn't have quite the variety of things that something like Man with Iron Fists has, but the kind of impressive physical feats and the and the way that these uh, the action scenes are shot and choreographed, I think keep them interesting i won't say that every single one is memorable because there is some you know some repeated elements and uh yeah again that's why i think the two that you've selected do stand out 
as being the more memorable scenes because they are a little different from there's a lot of like you know oh you've angry angry students come into this dojo and we square off against each other and then somewhere else and um you know where you see kind of the same situation re- repeated um yeah again like, i yeah, i don't think yeah, that sounds like a bigger criticism than it is. I don't think it like slows the movie down or is repetitive essentially, but yeah, just like I'm an not observation really, more than anything. I think what it, like for me, I'm not really much like one for like massive fights, like massive group fights, because right away the mm-hmm. logic of just like why is there a group of people and they're only sending one person one at a time? It's like it has it's because of the choreography, and even more so when you look at like modern day superhero movies. I really like I blame them I honestly kind of blame the Matrix a little bit <laughs> like um, <laughs> like with yeah. their uh, specifically like the one fight scene with all the Smiths and stuff I know it's not that but I mean just like nowadays like you do get so many like all these opponents going against the Avengers or the Justice League or whatnot and um, it, I think my brain turns off because I'm like I can't follow all of these things like i can catch certain things and certain things are meant to be caught that are great but after a while i'm just like i'm counting the seconds whatever uh until it's done um it's not intention it's just my attention span works that way but with you get the one-on-one fights it's just like there's a lot more like it's like watching a chess match really like um and i know there's a lot of people who feel that way like some people you got to have that mix right and this movie did that mix but i think it's like a testament to like how much we've kind of talked about the story outside of the fights, really. Like, we've talked about the fights, yeah. but equally the story uh, and how it's kind yeah, of done was, like, good, awesome. <laughs> it's, like, cool. Yeah, I think it's got an interesting... Yeah, it, I think both elements work together well, and it, it, it's what yeah. makes it a good movie at the end of the day is um, everything working together. Um, I do think that the... Uh, <laughs> The fight choreography here is uh, kind of next level in a way that you certainly, if if you were to sell somebody on a who hasn't really ever watched a martial arts film about what's impressive about martial arts films, I think showing a Bruce Lee movie is definitely essential. Yes. I think something like this is good because I I think it shows the art in a martial arts film, like what you could do with choreography and what it's almost like a ballet in a way. Like there's there's yeah. a dance to it and kind of a lot yeah. of you know. It's it's all very um, very choreographed, but at the same time doesn't feel that way. It feels loose and it moves as a as a you know a whole performance piece. And um, I don't think you could probably sell that to a lot of you know dudes that just want to see you know kung fu movies that there's a dance element or a ballet element to it. But <laughs> I think it's certainly there. And <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's and a I... very impressive here. Like I said, what I said about the like multiple people things, I will say like this movie does do a better job of holding my attention because of that choreography, because of that cinematography with the choreography. Like yes, I, again the gears, like the beautiful clockwork. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, what I think is fascinating, um, is like I, I, cause I when I was looking into it a little bit is like realizing how many different versions of this movie there is internationally speaking yeah oh yeah um, yep um what is it and there's there's the english there's the miramax english dub which is one that we watch and that 
That is what we saw is the Miramax yeah. English dub, but it's an English dub of the international cut of the film. So it, okay. it's already been trimmed. So Miramax also released a su- subtitled version of it, which is also on the DVD that I have. Um, but they only released one cut of the film. They've only they've edited the language track to fit it. So it's still the American cut of the movie. They've just they have sub subtitles and dubs for it, um, right? Which so uh, it doesn't include any of the extra stuff that's in some of the other versions. But I guess like the main thing with that what that I read was like because it contains four specific mistranslations that kind of do. They say the thing I'm reading on Wikipedia says drastically alters the meaning of the film as a whole, and like I think in a few, I read those. Yeah, a few for sure. Yeah. Um, like in the, like, there's one where he's just like, when he's asked, like, uh, he's asked if he hates the the Japanese, right? right? And he goes like, he goes, I don't hate. But in the Hong Kong version, he goes like, I don't know, which is pretty relevant. Um, I was gonna say that's, that's a very different answer. (laughs) Uh, or another one where it's just, um, like when he's fighting, uh, He's asked, like, what's the most effective way to defeat an enemy? And he replies, is like, to focus one's energy and strike. And, uh, but the actual version is just, like, uh, the fast, the, he's, like, the, he goes, the purpose of the, the purpose of martial arts is to defeat an enemy. And someone goes, like, no, you're wrong. The best way to defeat your enemy is to use a gun. Martial arts is about personal development. I'm, like, holy shit, that's (laughs) a very good fucking line. Um, Uh, but like the last one is how the movie ends. Cause we got the one where it goes like, so at the end of the movie, cause we already talked about the story. He ultimately does kill the big bad, uh, has yep. to big bad whips out Vegeta. a sword. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and stabs his friend in the arm, which was fucking brutal to think about. Cause mm. it went right where the elbow is. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> and it's like, uh, so he whips out the fucking belt which is yeah i, I do, love the, the just that whip was, off the belt and oh, like, <laughs> like right away like i got some um the boondocks vibes like the grandfather oh, and yeah. I'm, i think that's yeah. intentional i think the boondocks definitely intentionally like ref, was referencing <laughs> this they would uh but like when you're watching him with that belt just whip ass right away i i don't know what it was but i, I thought of like <laughs> hank hill but i'll whoop your ass <laughs> um or a mixture of cotton hill when he whips out the belt but like that that joke part kicks in but it's a fucking serious fight and he fucking totally gets the belt around the the blade and and uses it to cut the dude's neck yep uh and then dead and he's just like okay you killed a general like we're done with this but there has to be some kind of retribution in order for there not to be a war uh, and he volunteers, just like you know, I'll take the blame for this. And they essentially fake his death. Um, they use the dead body. Yeah, they do a fade out, and you hear the the gunshots, like firing squad. Right, and they actually use and the so, dead body from the previous scene. Yeah, uh, for it. Yeah, you as the viewer assume. Well, maybe you don't, but you kind of assume that Chen has you know sacrificed himself for the good of good of the country. But he actually, you know, they faked his death and he's off to Japan again. Well, 
and that's where the next but the, that's yeah the next translation right because it says like uh he goes i no longer have a country at least i can still be with the woman i love but that's not actually how it ended <laughs> um which is fascinating he he's actually goes um where's uh war with japan most likely to break out and the driver responds to like some location he goes like that's where i'll go and yeah. it's like yep that makes that makes quite the difference <laughs> yeah because um, yeah it, the u.s version leaves it so that he's okay to be you know kind of put into exile and he's accepted yeah. that as his fate and the it's the opposite with the other line like <laughs> You know, yeah, he's gonna go. Not only is he gonna go on fighting, he's gonna go and get involved in the, you know, in the skirmish if there is one that breaks out. So he's gonna be there to try and well, kind of like keep keep the peace. Essentially, I think is what you're supposed to read from that. But he's gonna keep doing like kind of like what the beginning asked. Like, do you hate the Japanese? And he goes, I don't know. And it kind of carries that. He says like that conflict. I I kind of read it as that. Like, but he's still. Mm. Like, but I'm gonna do my best to protect my identity, my people from like cruelty, essentially. Or, or, or are there people like this, right? Um, yeah. But you know, I, I find it fascinating this change because it's definitely like, yeah, a studio, especially in '94, American studio, sorry, uh, would want to throw in an end in that's like that, and the justification always for the studio is like, well. Uh, I feel like a general American audience wouldn't really appreciate, like, or care much for that other ending, like a complex ending. Uh, I think it's yeah. what's better is, like, he goes to his loved one in the end, because that's going to be just the best ending. And I always hate that, because that happens so frequently. Because clearly, like, from... Um, I'm primar- primarily basing this off of, like... And I'm sure you two probably have your own examples, but for me, it's it's like the, the idea of people who do watch other movies from other uh, like from international uh, international films uh, or or anime or such like that deal with more complex things. Like we can, as a culture, American culture can digest these, and there is quite a number of people who do yeah. enjoy these. Like I don't think like this weird like. You know what I mean? Like, justification for, like, no, let's go for the general audience. Like, no, fuck it. Make us better. Well, like, the American <laughs> audience needs a needs a happy ending or needs a, needs finality. Like, we can't, we don't want to leave it there. But, of course, it's also the American audience that demands sequels and stuff to things. So, like, yeah, we don't really want finality. But, but uh, I, I, it's one yeah. of those, like, what came first, the chicken or the egg, I think. It's just, like, I don't think this is what... I don't think it's not just what we want. I think, yes, there is a group that is like, this is what we want. But also, like, I think it's like what we're used to. Because that's what we're yeah. fed. And so when you oh, see... Oh, it is. And, yeah. And I think it's like that general movie-going audience that they're they're worried is, you know, you throw them anything that they have to think about too much or put too much of their own imagination into, it's going to kind of turn them off. I'm not sure that audience... I mean, I guess they probably exist because that's who they're... But I don't know too many movie, too many people that are movie fans that really feel that way about things. So, I don't. then again, I think you're right. Like it's harder to see. But anybody who really looks deeper, and you can't say that everyone that looks deep into a medium that they enjoy is 
better because clearly not when we look at like fan bases especially star <laughs> wars uh that has been a recurring yeah. one Unless, but like yeah i was gonna say it's like a, a this th- podcast no, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I, we have no uh we i don't feel like we have a problem cutting into that cut criticism but it's like yeah. i wonder like how much that plays a role in people it's just like when there are changes and it's like well this goes against like what it should be um and like is that what the studios is afraid of or is that what the studios Um, have created or is it both it's just like and enjoy the complexity of a thing because nothing can be 100 percent perfect right right um and there's imperfections and flaws that are gonna be can make or break anything and it's like it's it's tough but the reality is is like there's a diversity of opinions folks um and sometimes it's good to get people used to the concept that there isn't always a pleasant and happy ending to things and that you have to do a lot of hard work and soul searching and decisions like our main character here who's like gotta go up against the a challenge that means something right not just a nonsensical false especially said right up against what we know because this is a historical period piece that uh, takes place in a specific point in history and it's bookended backed right up against an era that pretty much worldwide we're all somewhat familiar with so we know what's what's going to happen in this situation at least in the most the broadest of terms so i'm not sure if i understand even why we would need to kind of turn turn that around into like the quote-unquote final end or finality ending I, I wouldn't exactly call it a happy ending but like i'm kind of we'll call it the fairy tale ending they're going to run away together and um you know run away back to right. japan and live together um i'm not sure why we went there because every i mean everybody watching this film or at least most people watching this film re- are going to realize that okay in a couple years historically here world war Two is going to be raging you know throughout all of this uh Right, so, we don't really. You know, the happy actually... ending is is impossible, really. I mean, for people that are definitely tied up in this I turmoil. So I suppose that's the thing too. We don't really know, like you and I, I don't think really know the historical relevance of uh, the city he does go to. But uh, I, I'm briefly kind of yeah, like sure. I, I decided I to look at it at this moment, uh, and I'm not going to read it all. But from it looks like, yep, nope. There's a big historical significance here. Um, but again, like having that in here, like, like the idea, like, well, no one's going to know what that means. So whatever. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but it, it, I assume that was the studio, American studio executives be like, people don't even, you know, American people don't even know what that is. So get rid yeah, of it, but, but it does generate a group of people who do like wonder like, okay, why is that significant? And you have that one group that's just like, well, I'm never going to look it up, so whatever. But you're going to have another group who's like, well, let me look into that. And then they learn about another thing. Like, it doesn't hurt to leave that in. Like, the ignorant people are going to stay ignorant. You don't need to please ignorant people. You need to give the opportunity to those who are more curious. (laughs) Oh, my God, isn't that the fucking... (sighs) Yeah, it's going to say, Holly, tell... But that gets through Hollywood's... uh... Because clearly... Yeah, because clearly uh, uh, American mentalities in this day and age have definitely benefited so much 
from this <laughs> yeah. approach. Good thing you didn't show him that, yeah. Oh, Jesus. The Chinese version of that film. Yeah, but. I get older and more bitter. Anyways. Uh, no. <laughs> is there anything else that we should... Yeah, I was just going to ask you the same, same question. Word, is there anything else that uh, you wanted to add? So I'm going to take that as uh, probably not. So no, I think we can you, go uh, straight into the final. Yeah. Um, I mean. So what do you think, grade wise, for this one? Right away, I can say I give this. I give this one an A, a solid A. Um, it's it's. It wasn't like typically what what we review there's always like a certain level of ridiculousness or something that <laughs> kind of makes it like laughable fun. Mm-hmm. So this was a really unique, ex- unique experience for me because this was like, Oh wow. This was like, there were a few moments, but this was actually pretty much a, a pretty straightforward, serious film for, for a podcast review where I don't, uh, minus like, you know, there were, like I said, a few bits, but, um, that were funny, but overall, like this was pretty straightforward and it was good. It was, it was quite good. I see why people really are fond of this movie. I think it's well acted. I think the characters are, are well done. And of course the fucking cinematography and, and, uh, specifically, uh, the choreography with the fights is fucking well made i think this is a well balanced martial arts film and it's like and the that that historical element uh is not something i thought i I, it's not something i would ever really seek out but the fact that i did watch this uh i thought was fucking great a great part of the story uh so yeah hey yeah i'm i'm not too far off you i think this was a really good movie and just like it not in that some of the, it's a very different movie the two the two martial arts films that we watched because the last you know man with the iron fists i think we both enjoyed but for very different reasons yeah. um, it's, and, it's kind of a trash yeah. film in a good way yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and i think the the other martial arts films we've watched on the podcast have always kind of had that in common with it they're kind of grindhouse kind of yeah you know trash cinema um a little, a little on the goofy side of uh, martial arts films that just are exist for having fun and kind of pushing the envelope of violence and whatever. Yeah. This, this is a, a little very surreal. different kind of martial arts film. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it was it was very good. I think the fight scenes are extraordinary, and the um, and just the general story and everything is very, although maybe not like, although maybe not like the height of drama or whatever that you, you could have maybe got out of a, a period drama and not a martial arts movie um it does a good job of kind of telling us a story uh of a, that's set in historical time and you know us, us americans could have learned a couple of things they didn't edit out all the references to actual historical events they didn't do that to all of them i'm just kidding but um gently impressed me here i've seen him in a couple other things and and you know he's never been bad necessarily but um, I think, it, and of course we're watching a dub version of this, but I, I feel like his uh, performance in this is quite strong. Uh, he carries the the weight of the, um, you know, kind of kind of the more dramatic scenes as well as his fight scenes very well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I found it highly enjoyable. I I think this is uh, perhaps a could have been a great movie if um i guess if i had to like nitpick one thing as i do feel like it you know could have been 
I honestly, <laughs> the one thing I've been just plotting the fight scenes and the action action aspect, I feel like they could have maybe gone a little bit harder at the drama side of it a little bit in places yeah. and, and really made something that, um, no pun intended, or pun fully intended actually, but hit a little harder on the on the non-fight <laughs> scenes. Uh, um, but but yeah, I, overall, yeah. I, I this is definitely, this is a B plus for me. I really, really liked it. It was a good movie. I would recommend this to anyone. I feel like this might be a good, uh, and I think I mentioned this earlier, but to reiterate, might be a good starter martial arts film for somebody who just wants to dip their toe in. Um, I think definitely I guess to show what... the diversity of a martial arts film it's not just yeah. the campy surreal over the top stuff it sometimes there is something more serious yeah. behind it yeah yeah and actually i will have to recommend this one to my wife because i remember years ago when we were watching our way through some of the bruce lee movies um and she wasn't super impressed with some of them i think she actually liked fist of fury uh, quite a bit so <laughs> like hey this jet lee one's actually uh very good not to, I'm, I'm curious now i want to go back and rewatch fist of fury as well so but, yeah um, but yeah no it's a very good movie highly recommended agreed and uh if uh anybody out out there listening has any um opinions on fist of legend or any movies that we cover on the podcast feel free to let us know um you can send us an email at the video junkyard or, sorry not the Send us an email at videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you take the time to write it, we'll take the time to read it. Make sure and check out uh, and connect with us on Twitter and our official Facebook page as well. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And uh, coming up on the podcast, what is it we're doing next week, Ryan? I think we're going to be looking at a, a movie called uh, Beyond. Yeah. Yeah, Under the Sea. And not we're not talking about The Little Mermaid here. We're going to be checking out 1973's Beyond Atlantis, which is free on Tubi. It's been a while since we've said one of the, had one of those. Uh, if you guys want to go check it out on the TubiTV.com or uh, the related streaming apps. Um, it's definitely one that, that I've been eyeing for a while, primarily because of the artwork. For the movie yes uh which it's got a very uh, bulgy eyed weird fish man um i'm ready <laughs> yeah i'm ready too we'll dive in dive in <laughs> There's dive another in. Yeah. and uh <laughs> see what we get out of that one also going to follow that up with another free on tubi so if you want to jump on and listen or uh watch a few weeks ahead so you're uh with us on these discussions we're going to also watch death race 2000 so the fa oh, yeah. famous roger corman cult uh um movie with a lot of uh a lot of celebrity um i don't know if cameos but early celebrity performances in that one so yeah i would actually say um, early celebrity performances which is always a treat yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a cult classic that i've always meant to see and never have so it'll be a first watch both these are first watches for me i assume for you as well so it'll be be fun and then then of course uh, after that we'll get uh we'll get joe back and get back into the regular swing of things and um be watching some of your picks so audience picks so hope you uh join us for all of that if you do um like what you hear here on the podcast we do ask you to go and check out the uh, patreon.com slash video junkyard podcast page um to have Got any money plethora of perks um, if you do wish to give a little bit of money back to the podcast, I think we do collect through Patreon. It does go back into directly back into producing the podcast. Um, whether you're donating or not, we do appreciate you being here. Um, hope you'll come back and join us next time on the Video Junkyard Podcast. Until then, 
I'm Eric Branson. I'm Ryan Saskel. And you have a good night. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter, at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram, as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs>